All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. And we have a four-game NBA slate going here. All the bad teams playing, buddy. It's funny about basketball because it's four games can be tough, but you'd rather see it where it's a bunch of bad, and I say bad teams because usually that's references defense. You'd rather see it. Yeah. You'd rather see a bunch of bad defensive teams than like. A bunch of, we'll explain why though, because for the people that don't understand, like maybe the people are new to basketball or why, why is it, why are we just feel a little bit better when we see the Charlottes and the Washingtons of the world than maybe like Denver Lakers, maybe that Lakers may not a perfect example, Um, but teams like that when it comes down to like these smaller slates, even though from a, maybe just a basketball perspective, if you're watching the game, you, you probably wouldn't, you wouldn't choose to watch the Hornets on a given night, but for DFS purposes, it's better. Well, yeah, and I don't know that the Hornets are necessarily the greatest team to run for DFS, but running teams against them, well, there's two factors, right? So the first is that bad defenses tend to allow higher totals. And on the surface, it's like, well, all things being equal, like if it was all four games had it being good defensive teams, then that would be closer. But the issue is that when you have lower totals overall, that also increases variance. Um, Now, that might sound sort of odd, but what happens is when you have these really good defensive teams, Sometimes they just lock down the best player on the other team. Or when there's just fewer, there's going to be 30 fewer points scored in the Denver Philly game than there is in the Washington Charlotte game, that means that just everything is going to be slightly depressed, right? So I think getting two ways, you know, you get the more points, I think you get less variance. And I also think you get a, well, what bad teams are playing each other, you also get tighter spreads, which is great for DFS as well. You know, not only does it avoid blowout risk, but it means that no team is sort of running down the shot clock and chewing up more possessions than normal. Like both teams just sort of play their normal offense and get to it. So yeah, we're always pumped to see bad defenses on small slates. And that's the case. And that's the case. We just, we're going to roll through these games. There's only four games. I think it's this is a nice slate. Not all four games, uh, four game slates are built the same. Uh, like I said, I, but this one does I think line itself up. One I think it lines itself up for some probably pretty chalk ownership across the board. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. And then also it just lines up a little bit better for just building lineups that, that look okay on paper. The first game is the Wizards and the Hornets, the, the aforementioned Wizards. So the Wizards are the, the best, I think, as of right now, they might be the best offensive team in basketball, um, like the best offensive rating, and they're second right now to Houston. Uh, and they're the worst defensive team in basketball. So um, it's just, uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things like, this is the it's almost like the dream stack and they run the 107 pace where do you want to start with this game do you want to start on the washington side we've seen some minutes kind of concentrate luckily around the starters we have some injury stuff there or you want you you choose or, or you can start with the hornets because i think there's there's definitely plays on both sides here sure I, I think a good place to start might be washington uh you get a few i think fairly straightforward plays for tonight ish smith being the first one that comes to mind uh, since assuming this starting role with Thomas out, it looks like Thomas will be out again with the calf thing. He's just on lock for a 30 to 34 minute rotation. I know he didn't totally get there against the Clips, but that's basically the worst possible matchup that he could get. And he was still basically still like a slightly watered down version of what he had been doing. The Clips actually gave him fits defensively with Beverly out there. He turned the ball over five times. Uh, if he doesn't do that, he had turned the ball over one total time in the previous 66 minutes he had on the court uh, prior to that game. So I'm going to call that the aberration. I think playing him at 5,200 is just a great way to start a small slate. Uh, it allows you to pay up elsewhere. And then Beal, since Thomas has gone down too, 
you know, obviously assuming a greater portion of the ball handling, time of possession has gone up, uh, the minutes have been characteristically high, and just kind of doing everything. He really hasn't gotten there in the last three games, uh, so maybe he's a little bit riskier. But a great matchup against Charlotte. I think it's a night where you could consider it. Yeah, I think you're going to see – I mean, there's a few shooting guard decisions to make on FanDuel um, just because the, we're going to talk about the Heat situation here in a second. I think on DraftKings, Beal's pretty much, for me – he's not showing up our top lineup now, but I think um, when it's all said and done at 9,300, I think you're going to want to do this like Beal, and then I, we'll talk about who possibly the other chalk guys are. Uh, the, the minutes around the Washington, Rui Hachibur is playing a ton. Uh, I, lo- I always love the Isaac Bonga – I'm going to start. I'm good enough to start, but I'm not good good enough to play more than 15 minutes, even on a team that has lost everybody. So I just, these are the situations that are just. Continue. So you think it's just like a memento thing where they're like, Bonga, he's looking lean and athletic. Let's get him out there. And they just like forget every night that he's just not good. <laughs> he just stinks. And like, yeah, so it's just so funny. So Bonga starting doesn't really make sense. They did play Troy Brown Jr. a ton off the bench at 35 minutes last game with Jordan McCray. And Bertans, too. And- I mean, Bertans is still really doing it um, in reduced minutes now, but his production when he's actually out there. Uh, is excellent. I, w- I was curious what you make of this center situation in Washington right now, too, with Yamahimi being out there uh, gobbling up 17 minutes against the Clippers. I know it was a weird game script, but um, Mo Wagner has been a very highly owned player on a night-to-night basis. The price has come up. Great matchup against Charlotte here. Do you think we could go back to Wagner on a small slate, or what do you think so, there? That's so a little bit to, of a scary situation. Yeah, it's just so t- tough to trust the guy at 18 minutes when it wasn't foul trouble, right? Like, it was just... Exactly. He just doesn't want to play. So I think from a cash game perspective, you don't want to do it um, just because the price is just not – it's just not there anymore. It's not 3500 or whatever he was. 6000 on FanDuel, you can't risk no, he, But people – he was still chalk at like 5400 um, And I think while it wasn't foul trouble against the Clippers, they did lose by 16 points. Um, you know, part of that was just the game getting away from them in the fourth quarter. But I think – I don't think you can call that like an absolutely normal game script. A lot of these guys played fewer minutes – then they had become accustomed to. Yeah, you know, I think that he's a fine play. I would just struggle to make the case in cash. I, I even even at a okay. pretty even at a weaker position, I think that's kind of where. I, I mean, I actually don't even mind Mahimni here. Um, Mahimni's shown in the past that he can be there, kind of on a points per minute. But again, this is a it's a difficult situation to trust around the big. So the, the guys you can I think absolutely trust Beal, Ish, and uh, I think Hachimura too. And then the rest of it is it seems a little bit like they're just kind of at, at times just going to kind of play matchups or hot hands. Okay. Let's go over to the Hornet side. Uh, they did the they did the old this is what happens on bad teams. Nick Batum plays thirty minutes off the bench one game, and then DMP CD the next game, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist plays. Like I just outside of this, it's kind of the same thing here for me. It's like outside of the Rozier Graham. Uh, I guess Bridges. I, it's hard to throw him into the mix here, and I can't I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think PJ Washington's kind of coming around. It's like maybe just a safer play. What are your thoughts here on the Hornets? Um, I guess mostly, like, P- let's start with P.J. Washington because this is a guy who's kind of come and gone. The foul trouble's really gotten him. But he's definitely played a lot lately. And if he gets hot from three, it's, it looks pretty easy for him to pay them this price. Yeah, it's the minutes are there right now. Like, you know, the minutes had really been coming and going basically until the end of November there. He's playing a 33-minute rotation pretty much on lock. And I think you will see this price climb. You know, he's definitely a guy that can disappear in the wrong matchup, you know, which is pretty common for young players. But uh, recently, he's been mostly getting there. I think on a small slate, a fast-paced matchup against a Washington team that sort of tries to cheat a little bit defensively um, among these bigs, right? Like, you know, sticking Hachimura out there, Davis Bertans. I think that this is a matchup where P.J. Washington could thrive. Uh, Keep an eye on the ankle right now listed as a game-time decision. But if he's out there, um, he's probable right now. I think he's definitely a solid play. 
Assuming Marvin Williams is out again. Yeah, I think Mar- Marvin Williams is doubtful. I'm pretty sure he's not. He's li- officially doubtful, but I'm almost positive that he's just going to not play. I thought I saw. I thought I thought, just saw yeah, something nice. that he was just going to be out. And like I said, the Williams thing, you'd think it would open something in the maybe even off the bench because Williams comes in off the bench, but there's some minutes there, and you, you can, can kind of dream up a tomb at times with some of that. But that's just that that those days are gone. But if he's just going to if he's just going to get benched, um, then you can't you can't trust that. So, um, and then the Zeller Biombo thing, they continue to just rotate the minutes. There's really no. It's h- tough to trust. I I mean, Zeller has outplayed him, I think, Biombo in minutes, but still coming off the bench. So a difficult, uh, just an overall difficult situation. I don't mind the guards, although Rozier and Graham getting a little bit expensive at this point. All right, Atlanta goes in and plays Miami. Game is a 214.5 over under. Miami is a 9.5 point favorite uh, against the Hawks. This game, and the, the only, I guess, sort of weird thing that we have going on here is that with the four game slate, we have a 7 o'clock start, and then we have to wait an hour for the next two games to start. But Miami. I, I think that Miami's just going to be crazy chalk across the board here. Now, Bam right now is questionable, and so that's gonna that would change things. Waiters, I don't think, is going to play. And we already know that Winslow and Dragic are out. Can you see a situation again, and this is a, this is where we went basically in cash the other night, and you know, I was the ownership wasn't as high on this as I thought it was going to be, but where we just go kind of Kendrick Nunn, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero again. Like the Tyler Hero thing is the thing that basically might preclude – Beal from being in lineups on FanDuel. Give me your thoughts on the Miami situation here, knowing, and let's just assume Bam plays for right now, like kind of knowing that we have some clarity around the injuries. Yeah, well, I think these ball handlers being out has been a real boon to Jimmy Butler's DFS value. Yeah. Uh, he has two double-digit assist games in his last four, seven assists last game against Chicago, playing a ton of minutes. I think he's really, like, you're not going to be able to play him and Beal, and I think he's a clear upgrade over Beal for me. Uh, just really been doing it recently. And there's context around why that's the case. Obviously, a plenty good matchup here against Atlanta as well. So I'd really like to play Jimmy Butler. And I think these ancillary pieces uh, seem good as well. Hera in particular, um, you know, just averaging 39 fantasy points and 36 minutes in his last two games. That's tough to argue with. So I think if you can run both of them as shooting guard, you're going to feel pretty happy. Um, none has dropped off in the production a little bit, but the minutes are still there. The only risk you have with Miami is that on a night-to-night basis, they will... They are one of these teams that will play sort of like a match, like get see something they like and kind of roll with that. And not not in Butler. Butler's safe, and and Bam mm-hmm. if he's playing is safe. So it's, it's those two guys I think. None even though, but none you can see the minutes drop. He played forty two in the overtime game, so thirty seven in regulation against Chicago. But that's not always going to be the case. Sort of like Duncan Robinson disappeared completely. Exactly. Duncan Robinson got in early foul trouble, and that's one of those things like, well, maybe the plan had been to play Duncan Robinson a little bit more. Derek Jones ended up taking some of those minutes. He got in foul trouble too. So this is the only like little bit of an issue I think you have with Miami is trying to figure out what the plan is around the wings. And the wings are like Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek and you know, that, that group of guys, Duncan Robinson, Derek Jones. All those guys become a little speculative. I don't think Hero probably fits into that category. He went completely nuts, kind of heat check territory, and that's what kept him on the court the other night. Just put up the team high, twenty-two shots. So, um, I think in ra- ranking in terms of safety, you got to go Butler, Bam, and then I would say probably Hero, then none. Uh, on the Atlanta side, oh man, I, like this team, it's Trey Young. This so I think it's just Trey Young or nobody else, right? I, like they they're getting sort of healthier. Like Allen Crabs back, Reddish is back. I don't know. This team, I, I par, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, when everyone's around, Trey does almost everything anyway. Like, I don't even know what you want to do with this team from a DFS perspective. We're getting into the, I think we're getting into the territory where I just think this team almost becomes unplayable. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think Young, still probably affordable at this price tag, but everyone else, I mean, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, all these guys, they could just stay out there for the whole game if you want and score. Like, Hunter has a game 40 minutes 
against Indiana where he scored nine fantasy points. Like, right. That's a lot to ask for a guy who's 4,700 right now. So I yeah, I can't get excited about any of these other Atlanta guys. Um, you know, Parker's a guy that we run out there in cash. I suspect small forward is going to be, or power forward rather, is going to be shallow as usual. I think, you know, it's always tough to know with these sample size things, but he had a stretch there where he was looking like an easy $6,000 player. Right. He was good against Charlotte, but I you know, the minutes have been up and down, too. It's just a tricky situation. And uh, but real quick, back just back to power forward and just lineup building in general. One issue, you, so you say, okay, well, Bam's, let's say Bam is like a lock if he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bam's a lock if he's playing. But so I think you, could say. you can say that. But if the problem is if he doesn't play, the two guys absorb probably more of his minutes. Myers, Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk are both centers on Fandle. So you're not getting, you're not going to get the payoff. It's not like you can swap in some of his minutes right. at anyone at power forward. You just got to, at this point, and this is, again, I mentioned this in our chat the other day. It's just like year over year over year, the having to roster, <laughs> I, I sound, sorry to sound like a broken record, but having to roster just one power forward on FanDuel is a nightly struggle. Two is just almost every night a bridge too far. And you see all these very weird lineup decisions around it because, like last night, Blake, I can't believe, I texted you this, Blake Griffin was chalk. Did you ever in the world think that you would see a Blake Griffin chalk fail night that we somehow avoided Blake Griffin? Like, <laughs> like I would have, I would have, I would have We've never. got a lot of like Blake Griffin, not even like super chalk, like Blake Griffin at like 37% where he's terrible. Like, like that's the. Yeah, it was like 50%. I couldn't believe it. We didn't have him. I, like yeah. it was one of those, I just couldn't stand to see the name. Um, But the. I do think that, that you're going to be in a real, real problem area. I think here with if, if Bam doesn't play, like because then you're looking at like six thousand dollar Davis Bertans off the bench or something like that. I think it's going to be weird. And like I said, you're already there. I mean, you already basically are picking between PJ Washington and Davis Bertans. Yeah, so maybe that's just that it. second power forward slot. So and this game doesn't offer you a whole lot of relief uh, outside of Bam. So you know we'll get to it. But you get to this new New York Portland game. Basically, neither of these teams even field the position from a DFS perspective. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Um, all right, before we get into the other 8 o'clock game, got to talk about the Vivid Seats app. If you're looking for tickets uh, for a sporting event, concert, what a play, whatever it is, you you know, whatever tickles your fancy in terms of going out and seeing a live event, I mean, obviously, probably sports more in line with this podcast, got to use the Vivid Seats app. You put, you download the app, then you use the promo code OVERTIME. That's just like the network we're on, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. That'll get you automatically enrolled to the rewards program. That'll also give you up to $100 back on your first ticket purchase. And then basically just use the app to just, uh, it's, it's, it's totally perfect because you see everything that you're going to, you see everything that you're going to see from the seat that you're sitting in. It's going to label the good deals and bad deals. It's really just going to make, it makes ticket buying seamless and about as easy as can be for something that can be sort of, I don't know, hair raising at times because there's fees and all this other crazy stuff that goes along with ticket buying. Vivid Seats makes it very easy. So go download the app, use the promo code overtime. And you're good to go. Vivid Z tap. Check them out. Download it now. All right. 8 o'clock. Denver and Philly. No real injury news on this game. This game has easily the lowest total of the slate, uh, which makes sense. It's 206. The next highest is 214 and a half, that Miami game. So a full eight, more than eight points behind the next closest game. Two good teams, um, although it's uh, Denver's really tough to watch. Jokic looks. Uh, I, people have, this has been like kind of a locker board material for him, but. Man, he looks so slow. <laughs> it's crazy. Like this is this game could look like it's being played underwater compared to some of those other games. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Nuggets and the Sixers. Yeah, Jok- the Jokic thing. I don't know. Like, it's so strange because there was all that hype during World Cup about Jokic and like how, how good he looks. And then as soon as training camp started for NBA, everyone's like, "Whoa, actually, hold on a second. Yeah. Jokic is like super out of shape." And I don't know. It's hard to square that circle for me. I don't get exactly how that all came together, but. 
hey, here we are. Uh, the, the main nice thing I have to say about this game is the tight spread. Like, if you're concerned at all about the Miami-Atlanta game and the Portland-New York game, both being nine-point spreads, then this is the second tightest spread on the slate. But it's also by far the lowest total. I mean, at 206, that's 12.5 points less than the Miami-Atlanta game. And you're getting two teams that play pretty normalized rotations when nobody's out. So you're really... But you're not really getting a discount on anyone either. Right. So you're basically paying full price in a matchup where the te- these teams are probably scheduled to score eight fewer, eight percent fewer points than usual. Even on a four-game slate like that, might not be enough. The way I would see these teams fitting in is basically you're getting down to filling out, rounding out that ninth slot in your lineup, and you're like, okay, Will Barton's not going to kill me or something yeah. like right. that. And that's not exciting, but you know, in these small slates, that is. A consideration from time to time so you know keep an eye on it but right now it's it's hard to say sight unseen that there's any guys i would really want to lock in uh from this game yeah i, I you know i playing Jokic in this matchup at 8800 on FanDuel is not all that exciting at some point you just got to spend the money if you think you're getting enough value like this is exactly this is where i'm a little this is where i kind of maybe will probably want to end up prioritizing a guy like beal is because over maybe like Tyler Hero is because I just probably don't want to have mm-hmm. and like the Embiid's or Yo- like have Embiid and Jokic be the, the spend up opportunity here just because I just don't think you're getting I mean I guess we have Whiteside to talk about here in a second but I I, yeah. I just yeah I'm with you like you know you can dream on Paul Millsap getting 30 minutes every once in a while but then he's got too many 24 minute games under his belt to to really trust that at all I I'm with you on Barton. Uh, Jamal Murray is perpetually underpriced on DraftKings. He's like the one guy that I think you can consider. Mm. He's coming like I think in the seven thousand range, but he's so scoring dependent that you really need you really need him to just kind of get buckets. And this is not Philly's just so so long and so good on defense that it's just very difficult to see that happening. So well, I think overall, I yeah I think overall I'm not not here. And look, there's no injury news. And again, this is with these two teams. You need to probably see some kind of injury news. Uh, I mean, jo- and actually, it's even worse because Josh Richardson is actually questionable. So if Richardson actually comes back, it just it really then grinds down even any of that sort of uh, around the edges value. Let's finish this off as a quick podcast today with these four games, but um, we'll finish it off here with the New York and Portland game. New York fires the coach. Fizdale's out. They bring in uh, Mike Miller, not that Mike Miller. I heard the name Mike Miller. I was like, "Oh, Mike Miller." Like, he's like a co- he's like he's coaching the G. I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be awesome." This guy's gonna stay on the side. It's, just, it's a different Mike. Do you ever see the video of uh, Kyrie playing like basement basketball against Mike Miller's kid? No, no. Oh, uh, that's a, that's actually just totally worth a watch. Uh, All right, basically, Kyrie, they're like on a <laughs> they're on a rugged floor, uh-huh. and Kyrie is like bouncing one of these like super tiny balls. And he just still looks exactly like he does in the NBA. It's just like, <laughs> just like bouncing it, spins a kid around, the kid like falls over, and he just jams it home on this like six foot tall. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah you gotta, good video to go watch. So, it was making his rounds on NBA Reddit so, a while back. Um, uh, send me the link before I'll try to put it in the show notes. The uh, okay, so we have the Knicks here that that get a new coach, and sometimes that's a situation where maybe things are going to change, or you know, and by things I mean rotations. The last game, yes. they played a close one against uh, Pacers. Maybe could have won. Julius Randle had a chance to tie it and missed two free throw or missed a free throw at the end. But here's the starting rotation minutes. You get Taj at 15, so that's kind of the same. He starts but doesn't play. Then you get Julius Randle at 35, was good. Marcus Morris at 33, uh, he's been scoring and but that's kind of it. You get RJ at 36 minutes, didn't do much with him, and then you get Frank Nicolina at 19 minutes and doesn't do anything. And then every guy off the bench played. Like Portis Knox, Mitch Robb, uh, Dennis Smith, Payton, and Dotson all got something like 12 minutes or more. At that point, 
I don't know. Like what? I guess so I'm summing this up to say, like, what can be trusted on this Knicks side? Not a bad matchup here against Portland. Some of these guys have produced in the past with fantasy stuff, and the prices are real cheap because the minutes and the production's been all over the place. But I don't know. Like right now on DraftKings, we have three Knicks guys in our top lineup. That's making yeah. me very worried. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's not an unreasonable night to stick your neck out on some Knicks. Um, you know, like we said, four games slate. This game has a pretty reasonable total here, uh, 220, second highest total on the slate. And I think, you know, new coaches, I think, tend to try to come and bring stability. I think that is like kind of a baseline thing. And, you know, because the hallmark of a bad team typically is this guy's 24 minutes one game, he's 36 minutes the next, and, you know, bouncing all over the place. Just basically you're acting like a terrible team. And while it's always in play for the game to get away from the Knicks, I think they're actually energized. I think they hated Fistel. Uh, based on everything I saw when I would watch him. And, you know, just guys kind of like just walking right past him when he's trying to <laughs> talk yeah, to Yeah, it's him weird. I've like heard that. like mixed stuff on that because like some guys, like Taj came out and said they really liked him. Like some of the veterans came out and said they liked him, but then the young guy, right. the young guys didn't have the same. It was like mixed messages about what it was. So, right. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think tonight, tonight, long story short, is that you, you can probably go for it. I also think you're in this funny position where, um, you know, you kind of have to kiss a few frogs on small slates. And I think these guys are not yet priced. Like RJ Barrett, for instance, uh, on DraftKings at 5,500, that's just a really cheap price. And it's going to be, I think, famous last words, I think it'll be pretty tough for him to just destroy you completely, right? Um, He's had 31 and 29 fantasy points in his last two games in spite of only playing 21 minutes against Denver. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a believer in Barrett at least on drafting. Yeah, I think the, the floor is probably high enough. Look, he's so cheap too. Fifty five hundred for Barrett, six, fifty three for Morris, sixty four for Randall. There's a lot that can go right on those prices, and I think I'm with exactly. you. I think there's a lot more that can go right than can go wrong. Um, uh, with hmm. when it's related to the price, <laughs> like it's like I, look, these things can go really sideways. One guy. Our system is going to always want to dream on if he can just hit 25 minutes is Mitch Robinson. If Mitch Robinson, and he oh, was like, yeah. he was the one guy that I was kind of thinking, is he just, because Fizdale's minutes with him were all over the place. Um, like he was, he was in the starting lineup for a few games, and then he would come off the bench. And I know he was dealing with some injury stuff. But if 25 minutes on Mitchell Robinson, he played 29 the game before, 5,700 is easily a price he can get there on. That guy, this guy absolutely crushes per minute. It's just a... Yeah, he's just a stat stuffer to the max. You know, the issue for him is always going to be foul trouble. Uh, but I think Portland actually presents a pretty interesting matchup in that regard. Because you have Whiteside down low. Uh, we haven't mentioned him yet. He's he's certainly in consideration uh, playing a more normalized rotation recently. You know, just basically topping 30 minutes every night for the first time in his career. Right. I'm not sure. Um, but Robinson is always going to be foul trouble. Like, if he's going to play... 25 minutes you can just pencil them in for five fouls and it, it's a real question as to just whether he gets the sixth and has to leave earlier or not yeah so uh like i said per minute he's one of the very best guys per minute in the game it's just a matter of um yeah if the, if the play is going to be there and i like i said i don't think he's going to just walk into the starting lineup tonight uh, it might we wouldn't have the, we i doubt we would have the news uh either way and i'm just totally speculating on that final uh, team here, Portland just had just getting crushed by injuries. Zach Collins already went down the season. They lost Rodney Hood for this for the year with the uh, Achilles tear. It did lead to Kent Bazemore starting, and what it actually led to the other night when they lost to the Thunder is just a lot of minutes out of these starters. This team is so brutalized um, around just the injuries. Now it's like they picked up Mello. I guess Mello played thirty five. Whiteside played thirty two. Lillard thirty nine. Bazemore thirty six. Didn't do anything. And so this is like the old you know. What's the minute cap on Bazemore? Because if he shares a court with Lillard, McCollum, Anthony, and Whiteside, 
it's going to be hard for him to do a lot. But and mm-hmm. he's not exactly cheap anymore. But do you see him as like I, he's close to a cash lock for me? And I also could see fifty two hundred kind of buzzing you off just because he could take six shots. Yeah, I think that's that's really what it comes down to. But I think, like I said earlier, that like you're inclined to take a, a little bit more risks on these short slates, especially because the savings wind up being even more meaningful. So, you know, just to elaborate for people that might not be D- NBA DFS diehards, when you have a nine-game slate, you know, saving $400 here or $600 there, like frequently on those slates, you'll just have that left over at the end of the day because you have a few really excellent punts. The way this slate is shaping up right now is that you don't have that. And so taking a little savings on one spot means that you can go and just slide in and, you know, get a, a much higher floor, more expensive guy somewhere else. So I do think it's a, a potential risk worth considering tonight. Yeah, so I think Bazemore is interesting. It's a little tough with Lillard, um, you know, having Melo around. He took a lot of shots last game. The stat Revenge game, by the way. Uh, oh, revenge game for Melo. I thought you meant for Lillard. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the ultimate revenge narrative, right? Melo, I mean, it's the two stops or three stops previous, right? So, but We're seething right now. <laughs> We're seething about them. <laughs> so I think Lillard... So Lillard's like I think we're getting a little bit lucky on the Lillard pricing here because he's basically the same price as Beal and Butler, and I know they're not the same positions, but I think the Beal and Butler plays are much easier and much easier calls here than Lillard makes him more of a GPP play because it's uh, it's just more of kind of a one to one switch into into someone that's probably going to be much lower owned. But ha- pretty close for me and between him and Beal, just for what it's worth, I think. Lillard and Beal, you think so? Beal. Oh. Yeah, Beal's had a tough time last three games. He's scored like fewer than 40 fantasy points in each of those. Lillard's been a little bit better. I mean, the matchup good against matchup the Knicks here. is really good. I, by the way, our, our projection system only has Beal as one and a half points more on FanDuel than, on, than, okay. than yeah, Lillard. So that's, that's basically what I was saying. I think I'd, I'd still slightly lean Beal. I think Beal's had some run bad built into these last three games as well. Uh, but I think Ish is also just handling the ball a lot more than most people anticipated. Yeah. Uh, he really has been running that pure point guard role. Yeah, with Beal still getting plenty of time of possession, but just because who else is going right. <laughs> to touch the ball? But they're certainly at least turning it over to Ish in the meantime. Uh, and then you got, you mentioned Whiteside finally getting some of these safer minutes. Nick's a good matchup here, especially on the interior. Mm-hmm. Even with Mitchell Robinson, he's like a you know, good defender, but um, it's just a total foul box as well. And they're just a bad defensive team, all things considered. So I think you see, I think if we don't get a lot of savings uh, elsewhere, I think white side at 8600 well it's funny about this it's so crazy about this i can't believe we're having this discussion white side at 8600 or Jokic at 8800 um against philly do you have a clear mm. I, I just i'll take white side yeah it's crazy to say that man i can't i can't believe that like i can't believe we're here sitting here in De- you know mid-december well it's a combination of the minutes um white sides point per minute's production and just a significantly better matchup yeah uh, that's fair know, that, i think that can't be understated all right we're gonna get out of here DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is a site. DFSR.com slash deals gets you started on our projection system that we've been discussing here. Optimal line is FanDuel, DraftKings, NBA. It also has NFL and NHL under the same uh, same membership tent right there. So just go and find a better deal than that. It's free for seven days and then just $29.95 a month after that. We're giving you lineups on NBA that um, are different than the industry and just frankly better on, in, in the aggregate. I don't really know another way to put it. Uh, it's just, we've seen, like a lot, it. seen a lot of weird ownership to me. Um, specifically around some of the some of the high volume players this season, uh, and that really hasn't been the case for me. And it's actually it's or for us, and it's just really worked out. So go check it out: dailyfantasysportsrankings.com, dfsr.com/deals. We'll get you started. We'll be back later in the week with some more. We'll be up, I think, tomorrow with some more hoops. Uh, you can check out our NFL podcast as well, buddy. Enjoy your Tuesday in the association. Peace.